0: May 10, 2020, Jesus Reveals His Power, Mark Chapter
1: Uh, 1. Baxter Jones is going to offer our prayer uh, today.
2: Dear Lord, when worries, fear, or anxiety threaten us, please help us remember your promises that you make to us every day of our lives there are so many needs in our class and even more so during this COVID-19 pandemic Lord you are in control of everything please Lord I pray that you will be with our class members such as Chap and Jane Burris that have such a sweet spirit and others that need your touching hand at this time Lord, I also pray that you will continue to provide love and care for our stay-at-home members and those in the nursing homes. Also, Lord, I pray that you will be with our church and Sunday school leadership as they prepare for our church activities. Thank you, Lord, for your love for us. In your precious name, I pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you, Baxter. Uh, Okay, uh, Kevin uh, is going to do the uh, scripture for us again this week. Uh, we, we're going into a, a new book uh, with this lesson, uh, not a new uh, that we haven't been there before, but we, we're leaving Luke and we're going to Mark. And so as a kind of a little introduction uh, to the gospel according to Mark Uh, You know, it's the second of the New Testament's Gospels. It's the shortest and the earliest of the four Gospels. Most scholars agree that uh, it was used both by Matthew and Luke in in, uh, composing their accounts. Uh, More than 90% of the context of Mark's Gospel appears in Matthew's, and more than 50% of the Gospel of Luke. Although the text lacks literary polish, it is simple and direct, And as the earliest gospel, it is the primary source of information about the ministry of Jesus. The first mention of Mark is in Acts 12. uh, After Peter is miraculously released from King Herod's uh, prison uh, by an angel, this verse says that he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose whose surname was Mark, where they were gathering together and praying. So a lot of people can say, you know, I grew up in the church, but Mark literally uh, could say that because the early church was uh, was housed in, in his mother's home. Mark is mentioned again in Acts uh, 12, 25, uh, and Barnabas and Saul returning from Jerusalem where they had completed their service, bringing with them John, whose surname was Mark. He was also extremely close to Peter their relationship was so close that some people have said that the book of Mark is more akin to Peter's memoirs Mark has written down everything he heard Peter say particularly when they were in Rome Uh, this lines up with the early uh, additional uh, belief that the book of Mark was written in Rome for the Christians And the people of Rome. The first sentence uh, in verse 1 of Mark tells us why he wrote to explain to the Romans who Jesus is. The first verse contains one of the three in the beginning verses in the Bible. There are three verses that start out in the beginning. The the first one, not not, uh, in order in the Bible, but to set the stage, John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. So John introduces God as the beginning of everything. Okay, then we find in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. So there had to be somebody to create. So God was first, then God created the heavens and the earth as it tells us in Genesis 1-1. And now in Mark 1-1, it says this, the beginning... Of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. Here Mark states his reason for, for writing the gospel is to prove that Jesus is the Messiah. He wrote to the Romans. And we look at a chapter verse fifteen thirty-nine, we see that Mark was successful in achieving this goal, for that verse says, And so when the centurion who stood opposite him, saw him, he that he cried out like this and breathe his last, the centurion said this, truly, this man was the son of God. Mark's gospel, gospel can be broken down into three parts. Part one, he writes who the Messiah is in chapters one through eight. In chapters 11 through 16, we see how the Messiah is, is presented as he goes to Jerusalem. And in the, begin, and in the middle there, we see uh, that Jesus took his disciples uh, and gathered them together and he asked the question, who do men say that I am? And Peter said, they say you're so and so and so. And he said, whoa, Peter, who do you say I am? And Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of God. Then Jesus tells him why he came and explained that the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as ransom for many. In Mark, we will examine how Jesus revealed his power throughout his early ministry. We see how the, in, in the ways in which Jesus taught and performed miracles with authority and, and uh, displayed his identity as the son of God, the one who has the power to proclaim uh, and provide salvation. It is because we have experienced his power of Jesus to save us from our sins. We continue his mission in compassionately telling others of his love and his salvation. So now to, to, to get the, the lesson started uh, uh, for today, uh, uh, Kevin's going to read uh, Mark
0: 1, 21 through 28. They went to Capernaum. And when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching, because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then a man in their synagogue, who was possessed by an evil spirit, cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The evil spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching? And with authority, he even gives orders to evil spirits, and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee.
1: Okay, so we see here, if we look up uh, back to verse 21, and it said this, and they went to Capernaum. Well, that they at that time consisted of four disciples. You might say they were literally the elementary or the first church of God, the nucleus that spiritually influenced, uh, which is spread under and wider uh, unto the perfect day of the Lord. So it started uh, as those four disciples and Jesus went to Capernaum. The synagogue which he spoke of there is, was the gift of a centurion uh, whom we read about in Matthew and Luke. And thus the first synagogue in which our Lord preached was the gift of a Gentile officer. It was an emblem of the union of the jews and the gentiles in matthew twenty-eight eighteen, it said this and jesus came up and spoke to them saying all authority has been given with, to me on heaven and earth so that explains why there was a difference christ had been given this authority from god the cry of the unclean spirit was spontaneous before the, the lord had addressed him he said i know i thee and who thou art thou art the holy one of god mark is very careful to bring out the hidden knowledge possessed by evil spirits which enabled them at once to recognize the personality of jesus he d- he does this again in mark one thirty four, and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him and then again in Mark 3, 11, it says this, and whenever the unclean spirit saw them, they fell down before him and cried out, you are the son of God. Now there's, there must, uh, through the years, have been millions of, of sermons preached on the fact that even the spirit world knows who Jesus is. Okay, and here Mark shows that Jesus has supreme power over the spiritual as well as the material world. To the evil spirits he made himself known to them only to strike them with terror as he was to free those who were predestined into his kingdom and to the glory of it. What have we to do with thee? Uh, this cry was identical to the, to the demon-possessed man that, that Christ went up and... and, and uh, brought the demon out and the demons went into the, uh, the, the herd of swine. And behold, they cried out, "What have we to do with us, O Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? And that's in Matthew 8:29. Here as, as there he possessed the possessed man uh, knows uh, of our Lord's greatness. Uh, in, in verse 25, it says, hold thy peace and come out of them. In both of these instances, Jesus physically spoke and brought the demons out of the man. So why was this done? I mean, why, why did Jesus, um, uh, uh, bring, uh, cast the demons out, out of, out of these men? The, uh, The scholars tell us this, the Bible scholars tell us this, it was done for three reasons. One, that that there might be clear evidence that the man actually was possessed by the evil spirit, the fact that he brought him out. And the anger and malice of the evil spirit might be shown, that it didn't come out voluntarily. And three, that it might be manifested that the clean spirit came out not of his own accord, but constrained and vanquished by Christ. We may observe also that the power of Christ restrained from them the use of any articulate words. What he's saying here is while the evil spirit was in the man, he used the man's voice to speak. But once he was cast out, he couldn't do anything but cry. And so they, 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 the church in the synagogue, they asked this, well, what is this then, a new teaching? And Jesus performed these miracles to show that, the, that he was the promised Messiah, the true Son of God, for he had alone had the power that could rule the evil spirits. The Holy Spirit, through the writing of Mark, explained that Jesus is the Son of God because he is. Now, this I thought this was probably the heart and soul of, of these chapters, of these verses. Okay, it, it gives reasons why that Mark is showing that, that Jesus is the Son of God because one, he's equal with God, two, he possesses attributes that God alone possesses, three, he performs works that only God can perform, and finally, he himself claimed to be the Son of God. Now, this wasn't just uh, lip service, the Bible verifies this. Uh, first of all, that he was equal with God is found in John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Philippians 21.10 and 11. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In Colossians 1.15, it says this, he is the image of of the invisible God. Hebrews one three says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom also He created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purifications for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. The Bible also teaches us now why he also points to the deity of Christ by showing how he possesses attributes that God alone possesses. Uh, Malachi five: two says, "But you, O Bethlehem, who are too small to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth one who is to be the ruler of Israel, whom coming forth from old and from ancient days, John 1: four says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The next thing the Bible shows us is how he performs work that only God performs. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to them, Son, your sins are forgiven. Mark 2.10, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. John 10.28, I give them eternal life and they, shall ebb, and they shall never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hands. John 17.2 says, since you have been given authority over all flesh to give eternal life to whom you have given him. And finally, and most important, Jesus himself claims to be the son of God in, in Matthew 26, 63 and 64. But Jesus remained silent. And the high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God, tell us if you are the Christ, the son of God. And Jesus said to him, you have said so, but I tell you, from now on you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of the Power and coming on the clouds of heaven. John eight fifty eight goes on with Jesus said to them, truly, truly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. John ten thirty says, I am the Father. I and the Father are one. John seventeen five says, and now Father. Glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I have had with you before the world existed. So the first part of Mark is set on the idea that that in the Bible we can be sure that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Son of God. Now we're going to look at, at the second part, Mark
0: 35 through 38. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. Thank you, Kevin.
1: And uh, when uh, we look at this part, uh, there's something inside me just lights up. Um, Since my eyes have kind of uh, pitched a little fit, uh, I can't get up quite as early. In the morning, and I'm not saying that 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 in itself uh, is an excuse, but this this verse, um, uh, this set of verses, has a real special meaning to me. Our Lord just prepared, thus prepared himself uh, for prayer for his first departure on a missionary journey. Okay, this was his first uh, time that the disciples were together with him, and they going out to preach in another community. This would be the morning of the first day of the week. The miracles attracted attention to him and they were not the object of which he came. They were uh, necessary as a means of stirring and awakening the minds of, of and fixing their attention on him and upon uh, the great salvation which he came to reveal. Okay, uh, the, the Bible tells us that Jesus got up early in the morning before the sun came up. Now, the early in the morning is favorable for study. It is especially dear to God and to his angels. There are four verbs in, in this, rising, departed, went, and prayed. And these four mm-hmm. verbs emphasize Jesus' resolve to have fellowship with his Father. Jesus prayed at a very, very early hour, while it was still dark. Everyone was looking for him. Peter and the others could only see the need and therefore do not understand why Jesus went away to pray. Jesus intentionally removed himself from the crowds and then goes on to the next town obeying his father's call to preach the gospel. Uh, the Bible says, uh, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. I know if you like me some mornings, uh, not so much anymore during these times, but, uh, you know, if you're working, if you're raising children, if you've got a, a full plate, uh, you just want to get up and, and get busy. But, uh, I found a long, long, long time ago that, Uh, if you give that first part, seek ye first the kingdom of God. If the first thing you do every day is to get in a position that's the most comfortable for you. Uh, A lot of people say you need to pray this way, that way. Uh, The prayer comes from the heart. But I am old timey as they get. I, I really, really try every morning to get on my knees before God and to ask God to bless this day and to start out thanking him, you know, uh, instead of getting up and presenting the list of things to God that we would like for him to do that day. If we could just start that day, thanking God for the, the unbelievable blessings he has given us this far in our life. And, you know, uh, most of us in this class, uh, we we closing in on the fourth quarter and the clock's ticking, but it's no more. It's no less important today than it was when we were eighteen and nineteen. God owns this day, just as He did those days before. And Jesus, knowing what He had before Him, got out on His knees and prayed. Uh, and a book I was reading last week it, it said before you ever try to witness to somebody, before you ever try to talk to somebody about God, that you should invite the Holy Spirit to be in charge. And I promise you, every time I teach this this Sunday school class, as I look out over this great group of people, uh, I, I promise you, we've asked God and we've asked the Holy Spirit to take those things that are most needed and, and give them uh, to us uh, to say to the class. And, and the things that are not, uh, they're not going to be um, all that important anyway. All right, now we go to, 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 to the last part. Jesus displays his compassion, and that's found in Mark 1, to 42.
0: So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues, and driving out demons. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cured. Okay, here we see
1: Jesus' compassion for a man suffering with leprosy. And it's this man's suffering is a source of great hope to teach us. Jesus cares for our suffering. Uh, There's there's not many in this class that doesn't have someone, if not themselves, who are going through some very hard times. You know, I... uh, I can just think down through the list, and and I thank uh, Jade for printing that, that list out every week. And as you look at it and, and see and you know that Jesus cares about their suffering. And this is great news, you know, because the Son of God, Jesus is the one who has the power to do something about our suffering. Uh, he isn't just... Uh, uh, Going to put it on the list by defeating death once and for all on the cross, he has freed us from the power of eternal enslavement to death, uh, and uh, here and now and fully in the age to come. Now, the the first thing that that, that we look at here is the touching, the touching of this man. Uh, touching this sick man uh, would likely have been uh, very repulsive or revolting and upsetting to the people of that day. It would have made any person uh, ceremony un- ceremonially unclean, but Jesus being the fulfillment of the law and the source of all holiness um, touched him. And and you can think about that man hadn't been touched in years. It, it just wasn't, it was unlawful. It was repulsive. No one would dare touch him. And Jesus stretched forth his hands and touched the leopard and showed that he was superior to the law, which forbade the contact with a leper. He touched him, knowing that he could not be defiled with the touch. He touched him that he might heal him. And I, I think back also to another touching in the Bible when the lady, uh, when the woman with the with with the uh, uh, disease of blood. When when she she had enough faith to know that if she could just touch the hem of his garment, she could be healed. You know, Jesus is the great position. We uh, he he has the power to heal, and most of all, he has the power to take away our sins. In the same way that Jesus' compassionate heart for the man with the leprosy caused him to move toward him, not away from the leopard, so so does Jesus' compassion called him to move toward us, even in our sinfulness. It is God's nature to be merciful and being fully God, Jesus extends his merciful compassion to those in need. Jesus did not leave us alone in our diseased condition of sin. Instead, he... He entered straight into it to heal us by the gospel. By his death on the cross and resurrection from the dead, he has taken away our sins. Jesus' compassion led the son of God to come face to face with our sins as a man uh, to die for it as, as he died for it on the cross. By faith in him, Jesus takes our guilt so that he might End it, and might enter into the, fa- and we might enter into the family of God through Him. But the story doesn't end there. The Son of God could not be defeated by death. The penalty uh, earned through our sins, after sub- substituting Himself for our place and paying our debt, He rose victoriously from the grave to be enthroned at the right hand of God, where He intercedes for us and with continued compassion and continues to save sinners who have faith in him. You know, that intercedes for us. Uh, The Bible tells us that sometimes we don't know how to pray. Sometimes we don't know how to ask God to heal us. Sometimes we don't know how to uh, get out of a situation. But it doesn't matter. If we bow our heads and we ask God with all our heart, soul, and mind, that the Holy Spirit will speak to the Father in words that we can't understand anyway. Now, this disease was put in into this story on purpose. This leprosy was designed to be uh, especially typical of the disease of sin. It was not infectious. It was not because it was either infectious or contagious, that the leopard was forbidden under the Jewish law to cry out, unclean, unclean. It was in some cases hereditary. It was a very revolting disease. It was poisoning of the springs of life. It was a living death. It was uh, incurable by any human art or skill. It was, un- it was the unlawful sign of sin uh, reaching into death, and it was cured as sin is cured, only by the mercy and the favor of God. If you'll notice, the man with leprosy didn't say, if thou wilt ask God, he will give it to me. But he said, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. It is as though he said, I know that thou art of equal power with the Father and therefore the Supreme Lord over diseases so that by thy word alone thou can, thou can remove this leprosy from me. I ask therefore that you would be willing to do this and when I, I know that uh, this thing will be done if thou willst. Shows his desire for healing was controlled by the fact that he knew that the that Jesus was the Son of God for boldly diseases uh, often uh, necessarily for the death of the soul and 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 this God knows through though man knows it not therefore in in asking for earthly blessings it behooves us to resign ourselves to the will. And the wisdom of God. You know, we ask some things that we uh we really shouldn't be praying for. And God knows that. But if we'll pray the will and the wisdom of God into our life, uh it goes an, an awful long way. Go thy way and show thyself to the priest. This is a really important, important verse. Uh, last week we 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 covered this same uh passage in uh, in our lesson and and it says this our lord sent him to the priest that the priests themselves might have clear evidence that this leopard was clean remember it was an uncurable disease but he sent him to the priest to show that he was clean and after the custom of the law not by the custom of the law but by the operation of grace. Verse 45 says that he went out and began to publish it and to spread abroad the matter. Now Christ told him, go and don't say anything, but he just couldn't stand it. He had been a leopard for so long that when Christ healed him he just couldn't help but proclaim this fact and the reason uh, Jesus didn't want him to do that was because this miracle aroused the uh, excitement of, of the people so much that it was actually a hindrance because they were, uh, he couldn't even move through. Now, if you summarize Mark 1, you, you can kind of uh, put it together in, in this closing. And Mark 1 presents a sort of typical day in the ministry of Jesus. He calls disciples, he teaches, he heals, and he withdraws for prayer. The exorcism, the healing of Peter's mother in law, and the general healing and the healing of the leper establish the fact that Jesus doesn't just talk, he has the power to heal. The exorcism introduces more apocalyptic elements as the spirit world recognizes Jesus' identity. Thus in Mark one 16 through 16-45, the reader understands Jesus' ministry to be composed of calling disciples, teaching, healing, and prayer. And it the two great conflicts of the gospel are presented here in Mark. The two great conflicts are the Son of Man destroys the power of evil, and the authority of Jesus faces the authority of Judaism. In some ways, the rest of the gospel is the working out of these two conflicts. Again, it's the conflict of the, that, that, that the Son of Man has the power to destroy evil and forgive sin and the authority that Jesus faces uh, in, in light of the authority of Judaism. And that's uh, the two great conflicts in Mark. And Mark, as, as it comes to an end, he set out to say who is, to, to prove who is uh, the Messiah and the centurion said, surely this is the son of God. Uh, there are a lot of uh, things that um, I get my tongue tied on sometimes, but there's one thing I, I want you to know for a fact that I, I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is the son of God and that he was sent into this world to forgive us of our sins, that he was crucified buried in a tomb, and on the third day he arose that we might have eternal life. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this lesson. Uh, God, I thank you for Kevin and his willingness to step in for his father. God, I pray right now for John. Please, uh, please be with him and Libby. God, I pray for each person in the class that is going through hardship in this time, God, I, I want to thank you from the my very the very bottom of my soul that today is Mother's Day, the day that we honor mothers. Most of us in this class, Heavenly Father, we have long since uh, know, our mothers have long since been with you, and so God, we thank you for the memories, a, a song uh, sung in church, a Bible verse something heavenly father that just brings that love and that joy back to our heart and we thank god how that how that pales in view of the fact of how much you loved us and how much you love us and god we thank you for that god we going through some things we don't understand but god that doesn't lessen the fact that you're in control God, uh, take this stammering and stuttering and straighten it out. And Heavenly Father, help us to know that it is a fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. For it's in your holy name we pray. Amen.